1: with zach pearson zach pearson and aaron lemming aaron lemming providing extensive coverage of the chicago bears Go Bears! presented by blue wire pods and now here are your hosts zach pearson and aaron lemming
2: what's up bears fans welcome into another edition of the bear report podcast training camp is a week old for the chicago bears have finally practiced with pads on after hosting their annual Family Fest um, on Tuesday at Soldier Field. We're here to break all of it down for you um, all of training camp, the latest storylines with the Chicago Bears, and even some big injury concerns that are starting to mount for the team. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined as always by my co host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, it's been only one week, but already I feel like this camp has had a lot of storylines, and that doesn't even include Justin Fields or Andy Dalton. Football is
3: back, man. It's crazy. Like I, it, it, it's cause I've, you know, I'm leaving for vacation for a week, uh, this weekend. So like my, everything's kind of thrown off and I'm just basically like trying to survive at work to get through the week. But it's actually crazy to think that on Thursday the hall of fame game happens. Like we're, I mean, football season is here. Like it's not just training camp and you know, the little buzz that's going on there, like football, all season is happening. The Bears have their next, you know, the first preseason game next Saturday. Like, we're, I mean, we're rolling right now, man. It's kind of, it's, it's crazy to think, because I don't know what the weather's been like there in Chicago, but it's been, like, unseasonably, outside the last few days, it's been unseasonably hot over here, at least, you know, versus what it has been the last few days. So, it just doesn't feel like, you know, it doesn't really feel like football's going, but here we are.
2: Yeah, I can't really... You know, uh, believe that it is that we're gonna have a, a, a Hall of Fame game here on Thursday. Someone actually told me that at one of the practices. Like, yeah, football's back this week. And I'm like, geez, it's already like I know the pairs are practice are playing next week, but yeah, I totally forgot that. I don't even. I couldn't even tell you is it the Cowboys and what is it Cowboys and like Steelers.
3: I think Cowboys and somebody. I honestly, man, I can't even remember. All I know is the Cowboys are in it because obviously, you know, Dak Prescott's dealing with the arm issue and they've already said like he's not gonna play and they're kind of shutting him down for a little bit. But outside of that, I don't know. Cause it here's the reality, at least for me, and I'm sure most people are the same way. Like, I'll be really stoked that there's football on TV for about five to 10 minutes of the game. And then I'll be like, Oh my God, this is awful. And then after that, like I just kind of tune out and I'll just kind of, you know, just kind of tune in and tune out and tune in and tune out for the rest of the game. And then it's over. And then it's like, all right, I really only care about preseason when the bears playing.
2: Yeah. It, this is one of those games where it is like, uh, you watch a couple of series and then, eh, okay. It's, it's like background noise. Um, but yeah, back to the bears, man. So as I was saying, kind of the open here, man, there are some concerns um, so far here in training camp, and I guess we should probably start with that as kind of our big topic for this episode because, you know, the Bears going into the season, all the talks on the quarterbacks. It's Andy Dalton, it's Justin Fields. When will Justin Fields start? When will he be ready? And now even Nick Foles has kind of made some headlines about a week into training camp. However, it doesn't matter who's going to be at quarterback if this offensive line isn't healthy and can't stay healthy. And not only that, but play well. And right away in training camp, Tevin Jenkins already has missed every practice. Um, he's dealing with a lower back injury. And, you know, I thought Matt Nagy on Saturday was, you know, a little bit more encouraged saying that, you know, if I had to lean towards, you know, him being out here or him sitting out a long time, he'd lean towards him being out there, but he hasn't practiced Monday and he didn't practice at Family Fest either. And a back injury for an offensive lineman, you know, granted for any athlete is never good. And I've been telling people, you know, don't panic just yet. I'd, I'd give it this week right here um, and kind of see where he's at the good news is he's not on pup yet so that's kind of some good news and a little a good sign but man it's not encouraging to see your second round pick a guy who actually you know ended his season last year with a back injury against Oklahoma for Oklahoma State and opted to focus for the NFL draft rather than finishing out the year now have that kind of pop up, and then to make matters worse, Jermaine fetty has been on the pup list um, with the hip flexor, and now, you know, Elijah Wilkinson wasn't at practice today on Tuesday. Um, the Bears have pretty much had to go to almost their third string tackles, and on the offensive line, James Daniels left Tuesday's practice with a thigh injury. It's kind of just all blowing up in their faces right now in terms of the offensive line.
3: Well, you know, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago and, you know, I've, I've said the same thing on Twitter countless times. Do not mistake change for improvement. And, you know, it's everybody was out there. I should say everybody. There were a, a group of people out celebrating the streets when they cut Charles Lillen Jr. And this is kind of something that we talked about before we started recording is availability is key. And obviously it's still way early. We don't know what's going to happen. Hopefully Jenkins is ready to go. But at the same time, you know, Leno was up and down. I mean, there's no doubt about that. I think overall his overall product would be probably about average, maybe slightly below average for a left tackle. But you could do a hell of a lot worse than Charles Leno Jr. But at least he was available. And here we are sitting in a situation where you look at the Bears offensive line right now, and this is something we talked about last week with the preview, is – they need to get the offensive line figured out. They need to get the, they need to figure out who's going to be starting at what, get these guys locked in, and get some continuity with all these guys playing, all starting five guys playing. And yet here we are in a situation where Tevin Jenkins and Jermaine Fetty, their two starting tackles or projected starting tackles, haven't practiced. Not to mention the fact that almost everybody under the sun had Tevin Jenkins slotted as a right tackle, and they're moving him over to left tackle right out of the gate, which I've, I'm not a fan of. And then, you know, again, you couple in that with, uh, you know, you know, Elijah Wilkinson is what he is, but let's be honest here. I mean, if he's starting on your offensive line, or more the point if he's starting at tackle especially, you're in some trouble. And then after that, it's like Larry Borum, who is more of a project kind of guy, which there's nothing wrong with that in the fifth round, but I, he's not somebody that you're really going to expect to come out and start week one. And it's like, yeah, you're looking at these situations and you have the issue with James Daniels. And it's just, it's, you know, it's... It's one of those things where, again, you cannot just change around a bunch of parts and expect it to be better than it was before because there's a lot of unprovenness on this entire roster, but especially on the offensive line. And, you know, it's kind of – for me, it's quickly transitioning to – I wanted to see Justin Fields play as quick as possible. And I think Justin Fields is going to be really good. But if you don't have the offensive line in front of him to keep him safe and to keep him, I mean, that is one of the things that will ruin a quarterback's development right out of the gate. We've seen that countless times where teams do not invest enough in the offensive line and guys either get hurt or they get gun shy because they're constantly under pressure. And, and here we are. I mean, again, it's still early. Obviously everything will level itself out, but in terms of the health front as a whole, the Bears aren't really in a great spot. I mean, Tashawn Gibson's out right now. Eddie Jackson started off on the NFI. Uh, you know, there's just there's just a multi It's like, you know, Robert Quinn had, you know, it was one of those situations where he kind of had the back issue and then he came back and then he, you know, he was out again today with the back issue. It's – there's – the Bears – simply put and again this is not hitting the panic button we're a week in the camp we've still got three preseason games you're still got what what is today the third so i mean you still got basically about five five and a half weeks before week one but at the same time it, the bears lack of depth in a lot of areas is already being exposed especially on an, an important area like the offensive line
2: yeah and you know we should clarify we don't know fully what the james Daniels entry is um that could be minor but Again, it's not good news. And Afedi's on the pup. Um, Tevin Jenkins is not, but he hasn't practiced. And with them out, the Bears have essentially gone to Latavius Simmons and Elijah Wilkinson. And now that Wilkinson was out today, uh, we still have no idea what happened to him. You're looking at Latavius Simmons. You're looking at guys that you're scraping up off the bottom of the barrel. They gave Lori, Larry Borum a shot over there um, at one of the tackle spots today. Um, he was getting reps out there as well on Monday, but Borum's not really a guy that you're going to count on to be a a star at the position and be able to, um, kind of hold it down right away. I don't think he's going to be a bad player, but taking a guy in the fifth round, you know, in this position is not good. You don't want to have to rely on him just yet. He's probably better off suited sitting a year and learning and I'm not so sure he might even be a great fit at tackle, you know, his better fit might be a guard. So they're kind of down here. And until Jenkins gets back until Fede gets back, you know, it's kind of a major storyline and kind of a big issue for the bears, because you're going to be looking eventually now with guys getting down to the third string and, you know, um, if more injuries pop up, you're going to be looking at guys that are not going to really make the roster having to play, um, some key roles here in training camp. I mean, you still have Badara, uh, Tarot, you still have guys like Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Um, you know, uh, Elijah Wilkins, or I'm sorry, not Elijah Wilkins, Arlington Hambright guys like that. And we've seen them get reps and they just haven't looked very good. Uh, on the interior, you know, I, I do think Sam Mustafer has looked good. He's talked about bulking up all offseason, getting stronger. That was definitely on display today and has been on training camp. And for me, he was one of the guys that I had kind of, you know, as, as a key to this offensive line. If he's healthy, this offensive line could be good. If he's good, this offensive line could be good. And, you know, so far he's been good, but now you have these injury problems and, why would you rush Justin Fields out there if they're not getting any time to throw? And we were talking about this before we recorded. Watching Family Fest today, it was like the quarterbacks had absolutely no time to throw. I mean, the defensive line whipped the offensive line's asses and all three teams, and it wasn't even close. There wasn't a single moment, maybe, maybe just one, where I said, wow, the offensive line definitely got the better of the defensive line there. No, it was... Cleo Mack, it was Akeem Hicks, it was Bilal Nichols, it was Mario Edwards, it was second-string guys like Travis Gibson, Josh Woods, um, Iggy, um, Tonga, you know, Angelo Blackson, guys like that just whipping their asses up front. And as good as the Bears' defense is, that shouldn't happen consistently in training camp. You should have a good enough offensive line where, you know, it might not be the best offensive line, it might be ranked towards the bottom, but they shouldn't be getting their asses whipped in practice on the regular
3: well I mean that's just unfortunately you know during the season last year I feel like the better play of the offensive line towards the end of the year kind of minimized the focus that should have been on the offensive line moving into this offseason in terms of needing improvement improvement not just change improvement and you know it's one of those situations where they really didn't touch the interior depth. They didn't touch the interior at all, which is fine. I mean, they had James Daniels coming back. Obviously, you have Cody Whitehair, Sam Mustafer, you know, was really a stabilizing force. And, you know, everything I've seen and uh, everything I've seen you say, it sounds like, you know, Mustafer is getting better. And that would be great. That would be an awesome development. But they didn't do hardly anything with the depth of the interior, I, I mean, I guess you can count Elijah Wilkinson, but at the same time, it's kind of one of those, like it, originally when they, when they'd signed Jermaine Defetti and when they'd signed Elijah Wilkinson, you're kind of thinking, okay, there's some quality depth. You can, you know, you can kind of use the Fetti as your swing tackle. And then all of a sudden it's like, they take Tevin Jenkins. And you're like, okay, the bears actually have, you know, at least some nice pieces to work with and they go off and they cut Charles Leno jr. And now it's like, OK, and again, whatever it is, what it is with Charles Leno Jr. But at the same time, now you're looking at it and now you're stretched so thin to where, you know, you start looking at your free agent options if they have to go that route. And you've got, you know, uh, Rick Wagner, who, you know, really, for the better part of the last two or three years, hasn't been that good and then you start looking, it's like you got Russell Okun. But the thing with Okun is the he's probably going to be somewhat, I wouldn't say crazy expensive, but he's probably going to be somebody that you're probably going to have to pay 3 or $4 million and move some money around for. So it's just, you know, it, it's again, it's early. Who knows? Maybe these guys get back healthy. Everything is good to go. But at the same time, I think you're already seeing the lack of depth on the offensive line to where, you know, this is what happens when you do not produce – uh, you know, when you're not producing better talent internally with your draft picks and the different things that are going on when you're not finding these undrafted free agent gems outside of obviously Sam Mustafer and stuff like that, is you run into these issues where one or two injuries really just cripple the entire offensive line. So again, it's early, hopefully everything pans out, but the key to this offense and the key to Justin Fields' development completely hinges on how well the offensive line can play because it's not just about protecting Justin Fields. It's also about being able to run the ball and keep the pressure off of a rookie quarterback. And that's kind of the thing where, you know, again, there's just a lot of questions within the depth of this team and this overall roster i know a lot of people got upset with me when usa today put out their predictions and said that the bears are going to go seven and ten and i said i think that's right about the ballpark i think anywhere from seven to nine wins is right about the ballpark for this team and a lot of people are like well how did they get worse they've improved almost every single position on the roster but they really haven't there- There's a lot of unknowns. And I think now we're kind of starting to see some of this play out. Again, it's early. There's no need for panic. We'll see a lot more in training in preseason. I think training camp can have the tendency of being overblown. But again, at least for me, with saying a lot of the things that I've said in this offseason and moving into camp in the preseason, a lot of this is already kind of showing its face in terms of, you know, there are going to be questions that are going to have to be answered. And now the Bears have to figure out if they have those answers on the roster or are they gonna have to look outside? And again, they don't have a lot of resources in terms of money and cap space to work with right now.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
2: Yeah, and it's just, you know, it's not, you know, the end of the world right now. I wouldn't panic just yet, but I can't sit here and say comfortably that I'm not worried about someone like Tevin Jenkins, um, because you were banking on him to kind of be that that stud tackle, that anchor out there on the left side, um, someone who's going to be the future of, of your offensive line, along with Cody Whitehair and James Daniels, Sam Mustafer. And we just haven't seen it yet. And, and you know, with the Feddy, it was questionable bringing him back. They pretty much tripled his pay from a year ago. And he hasn't been ready either. So, until they get back on the field, I think it is fair to say you can, you know, you can panic a little bit. You can feel a little, you know, frustration and the nerves that, oh, my God, we're, um, you know we, we may not ha- might not have a solid offensive line and it's also hard judging the quarterbacks without a solid offensive line because as i mentioned man it's just they have no time to throw um, the bears actually don't really i mean i've seen them do it a couple times blow the whistle dead for sacks but it's not like they're doing it on every play and there was a stretch today that it was 11 on 11s, and I had about five to six straight plays where I thought there could have been a sack. And if not, it would have taken a hell of an athletic play for a quarterback to kind of evade that rush and scramble. And we saw it, you know, I think it was Tuesday or Saturday's practice. There was pressure right in Justin Fields' face. He took a tumble. You can't hit the quarterbacks. No one hit him, but he took a tumble because of all the pressure. And he kind of went down. I was like, uh oh, what's going on here? They're just, the defense is getting all sorts of pressure in the backfield. And it's got to be frustrating the hell out of Matt Nagy that he can't run his offense in sync or in a rhythm to how he wants to. And he can't kind of see it at full speed as a, as a well-oiled machine. Now, the rest of the week, you know, we still have, um, what is it? We probably have is it 11 days until their first uh, preseason game. So there will be time to kind of monitor these injuries. I don't think, you know, we're going to see Devin Jenkins in the preseason game, the first one. I don't think we'll see a Jermaine Fetty. The guy kind of keep an eye on is James Daniels because now if James Daniels is hurt, you're kind of in some trouble here, too, in that guard spot. As much as I think Alex Bars is a good person and a solid player, I don't think he's as good or has the potential of James Daniels. And you might have to shift a couple things around. Another guy to keep an eye on is Borum on the outside at left tackle. I'm sure he'll be getting more of the reps when they return to practice on Thursday. But overall, man, it's just just not a good situation for this offense um, to kind of deal with here early on in training camp couple other storylines in training camp, Um, you know, outside of the defense dominating. I mean, there's been some big moments for for players, um, but it just kind of feels like the offense is still, you know, going through the motions and going through their installs, kind of learning um, as they go. And and that's true for both quarterbacks. I I thought Justin Fields kind of had a slow start to camp. He kind of, you know, looked like exactly what he was you know, a rookie on day two, a rookie on day three. And then it was kind of, you know, Friday, Saturday, where he kind of turned it on and had a really good practice. Monday, he made some good throws. And then Andy Dalton's out there and he's just like a veteran. He, he looks like a veteran that's learning the offense. He's, he's, he looks more comfortable out there. And I think the guys really respect him, but as it stands now, you know, I still think they're going to go with Dalton as a starter. And, and I think it's going to take a hell of a lot from Justin Fields to overtake that now.
3: Yeah, and just kind of tying up some loose into, so as we're recording this, the Bears actually just put out, so Eddie Goldman oh, no. actually went on the COVID list earlier. Yep. Um, now Christian Jones, Pat Scales, and Elijah Wilkinson are all on the COVID list. So oh, that's definitely man. worth noting, not for the simple fact that obviously they should be ready to go week one, um, but in terms of testing depth and kind of figuring things out and talking about that preseason game coming up next week, um, that could be somewhat interesting because, you know, and now, now, we're going to, now we're going to see, cause the bears claim that they were 85% or over the 85% threshold. Uh, I think most teams right now for the most part are, I think the leagues over 90% vaccinated as of right now, or at least one shot. So it's going to be very interesting to see because as we've seen just kind of in the news as a whole, just because you're vaccinated doesn't mean you can't get it, you know, which is pretty typical for any vaccination. So it's going to be very interesting to see cuz the Bears outside and correct me if I'm wrong, but the Bears only had one guy go on the list all year last year and that was Badar Treori or whatever his name yeah, is. So I think that
2: was early too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was
3: very early and he was yeah. he was a practice squad guy, so it really didn't end up becoming that big of a thing. So obviously again, we're the context is needed just because we need to see, you know, what's going on and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, kind of going to the quarterback situation, I I think, you know, again, a lot of this is tied in the offensive line and it's one of those situations where, and it it happens every year I get pulled into it. I think most of us get pulled into it. Everybody wants to hang on these highlights in these training camp reports and everything for all the quarterbacks around the league and all, especially the rookie quarterbacks and how they're doing, I think the majority of jobs are going to be won or lost in the preseason. Now, with that being said, you know, and again, you've been at practice the entire time. I got to see practice today just because I was able to see it on a live stream that somebody had right around the 50-yard line. Uh, I think that for the most part, and it kind of seems like this is how things have been trending, um, you know, Andy Dalton's a veteran here, right? I mean, he's, he's the guy that has been in the league for a while. He's not, you know, he's not overly toolsy. He's not overly impressive. There's a reason the bears got him for a one year, $10 million deal. And the reason that he was a free agent, he was basically a backup all of last year, except for when he had to step in for Prescott. So, but he's still a quality solid veteran that knows how to run the offense. And I think he's going to do a a better job of it just because he's a better quarterback than Trubisky and Foles. Um, But I think at least from what I saw today and it kind of sounds like this is what you guys have been seeing. It definitely, there's a gap in terms of the preparedness and the readiness and what you're seeing on the field between fields and don't right now. And that's, that's completely to be expected. You know, Justin Fields is a rookie. We all know that, you know, it, it this is a complex offense there. It's a very detail oriented offense. So it's nothing obviously to panic about at all. Um, but Having seen it for myself today, it's very clear that while Justin Fields is a highly talented quarterback, he's a very intelligent quarterback, and he's going to be very good in this league, at least in my opinion, I, I, I do think that, you know, it's, I, I think pretty much what I'm trying to say here is, you know, him not starting week one is not going to be a bad thing, just because, especially with the offensive line stuff that's going on and everything else. Uh, and obviously we're gonna have to see what happens in, in preseason, but I do think just seeing the two quarterbacks today, it's very easy to see why the bears want to take this slow and not because fields is behind in any way, shape or form, but it's just, the thing is, is you, you start looking around the league, right? And you got Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. He's the number one overall pick. I mean, clearly he's going to start there. And then you, you start looking at the, the jet situation with, you know, uh, Zach Wilson and then basically two other quarterbacks who've never taken an NFL snap. So those are very different situations. Now, Trey Lance is going to be interesting because all all reports so far have said that he's been lighting it up. But even then, I mean, their, their coach and their GM are both saying, like, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start week one. So we'll see what happens there. So I, I think it's just one of those situations where, you know – it, it's not an indictment of Fields. This isn't a here we go again situation like it was with Trubisky if he doesn't start week one or if he doesn't look great in preseason. Because the reality of it is is again, this is a, com- a complex offense. The 49ers have more pieces around uh, you know, a guy like Trey Lance than the Bears do. You know, and, the, and honestly, I, I think you can look at the Jets line and kind of say the same thing, at least there. Obviously, they got some things to figure out. And then with Jacksonville, uh, you know, they're you know, they pretty much kind of pin themselves in a corner when you go number 1 overall, you know, that that's probably going to be what happens there. So, you know, it, it just it it's just having seen them both today, I think again, n- none of my my opinion on Fields hasn't changed whatsoever, but I also do think that it's a good reminder that there's a reason that there's veteran quarterbacks in this league who get a little bit longer of a leash. And there's a reason that a lot of teams will take the cautious approach with their rookie quarterbacks and making sure that they're not rushing them out. Because again, you know, the reality of the situation for the bears is quite simple. They don't have a great situation around Justin Fields. They have some pretty quality receivers, but if their offensive lines a mess and they they got, you know, they got some things to figure out there and they got to run the complex offense you know the the worst thing that you can do is rush Justin Fields out in week 1. I still think he's going to play and I still think he's going to play early. I mean, we've already we already kind of know the the numbers about, you know, first round rookies and, you know, when they start in in, you know, in week or in year 1, but at the same time having seen both of them play today and just kind of having seen even what's going on 11 11 when guys can't get hit They got a lot of things to figure out. I I guess really the long story short of this, at least in my opinion, so far, the early returns uh, would be, you know, don't don't rush Justin Fields out there just to rush Justin Fields out there. Let it play out. Let them get everything figured out and put him in the best possible position to succeed. Because, again, I think he's going to, but you also have to put him in the right position to do so.
2: Yeah. And you know, I think the thing with Justin Fields and Matt Nagy said it, you know, he, he's gotten better as training camp has gone on. He's taking command of the huddle, calling the plays in the huddle. I um, mean, he's mastered that according to Matt Nagy. And now the next step is going through those progressions, going through those reads, being decisive with the football. Um, and look, let's be real. I mean, Justin Fields has had some really damn good throws in training camp. He had a couple more today. The one he put the Javon Williams on the left sideline was right on the money was a beautiful ball. He's also had some times where, you know, he's held onto the ball too long, maybe gone to the wrong um, receiver. And then today I thought by far his worst throw was rolling out to the right, um, kind of throwing it off his back foot across the field to the left side. And it just fell, you know, 10, 15 yards short of the wide receiver, but he's going to have some growing pains and that's expected you know, all quarterbacks are going to go through these growing pains. I mean, we remember the classic story about Patrick Mahomes. What, what was he? he threw Like three or four interceptions in his first practice. Now, I don't think, you know, Justin Fields is going to be the level of Patrick Mahomes. I hope he is. I'm not comparing the two in any way. But the key for Justin Fields is going to be to progress as camp goes on. Take a step forward every day. You don't have to take giant step forward every single practice. You can take small step forward and still be on track to be where you want to be in your rookie season. And I think he's done that because I think he got off to a little bit of a slower start to start camp. But now he's progressed. He's done stuff every day that's going kind to of show me, okay, he's working on this a little more. He's getting, you know, the plays in on time. He's he's helping wide receivers get set. He's stopping plays when they're not set. Um, you know, things like that. And then in terms of the play, you know, he is going through his progressions. He's not just targeting one side of the field or, or one wide receiver. He's going through all of his options. He's making strong, crisp throws. And that arm talent is pretty damn good. I mean, I've seen him make some throws over the middle into tight windows, only where his receivers could get to it. And it's like, damn, wow, how do you get that zip on the ball? The other thing that, you know, we should mention about Justin Fields is, He's been scrambling a lot more here in the past couple of practices. Now, a lot of this is controlled. Um, A lot of it is kind of the install. That's why there is a lot of short passes, things like that. But Fields is kind of now has the freedom to kind of take off if the play breaks down and he's been scrambling and you see that four, four speed on display. He is quick when he gets out of the pocket. He knows where he wants to go. He doesn't dance around too much. He finds a hole, he picks it and he kind of takes off today. I think he had about like a 29, 30 yard run. And, you know, the defense isn't really going full speed, but I, even if they were full speed, I don't think they would have caught him. Uh, I think he would have picked up a couple more yards, but it's, it's nice to see. And according to Justin, you know, we talked to him yesterday. He feels good about where he's at in his progressions. And I think moving forward, he just has to keep getting better and better and better taking those steps forward in training camp each day.
3: Well, and I think that's really the key here, right, is he's not going to come out. I mean, all these guys are going to have struggles. I, I think I remember reading, I think it was like second day of Trey Lance. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't that great, you know, and the same thing. Zach Wilson's been up and down and same thing with Mac Jones. And I really haven't seen that much on Trevor Lawrence for the most part. It's normal. This, this is completely normal. And I think the thing is, is. Again, this isn't a trubisky situation and you know it, and I, I hate to keep going back to that, but I think it's worth just kind of mentioning like Justin Fields is a really intelligent dude. He's never had issues picking up anything in his life and I think it's just one of those things the only way that he's going to learn is through practicing and you know I, I think the the preseason is going to be very beneficial to him. The one thing that did stand out to me that I actually really liked hearing from him yesterday was he was talking about how he's going to be smarter running the ball. And I think that's a big key because one of the things that really worried me, and it still does to a certain extent about, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson's game is how reckless and he's, he's been a lot better, you know, about it over the the last year or so, how reckless he can be running the ball. Because the thing is, is Justin Fields is a, is a stout dude, but he's still just a quarterback. I mean, he's still, he's not built like a linebacker. He's not, he's not Cam Newton. He's not built like a linebacker. He's not built like a defensive lineman. Like, you can only take so many hits before things start becoming an issue. And that was kind of one of the things he talked about yesterday was, you know, after he got popped by uh, uh, Skowski, I think is his name, right? Skowski? I think I – think. I can't remember whatever the, uh, the Clemson linebacker. Yeah. Yeah. The dude that literally knocked him out.
2: I was uh, looking was, at the Bears roster for a second. I'm like, ah, I don't
3: know. It was the, <laughs> the it was the, the, the linebacker. I think he's the middle linebacker for Clemson. Yeah. Um, but either way, yeah, whoever whatever his name was, I'm probably it's it's something like that. But either way, like he said basically after he got popped, um, you know, at last time how much it hurt, like it kind of changed his mindset. And I think the one thing that's kind of interesting, uh in in a, in, a, in a in an interesting comparison to somebody like Trubisky or even a lot of guys, a lot of quarterbacks who don't have a baseball background um, is that he talked about the fact that since he came from a baseball background, he knows how to slide. And I think that's going to be big moving forward because we've seen it in the past. I mean, guys can mess themselves up and hurt themselves trying to slide too. So dude, I again, I on the list of concerns that I have for the Bears, Justin Fields is at the very very bottom. My my intrigue with him is at the top, but in terms of my concerns with his development or how he's looked or anything like that, I mean, he's having the typical rookie, you know, training camp so far and we're going to see a lot more in the preseason. Uh but it, it's it's going to be interesting to see the mental development cuz I think if you know, once we go back and we watch You know, once we get through the preseason, we watch preseason game number one, game number two and number three and be able to go back and compare those games. I think it's going to be very interesting to see the uh, progression mentally, because I think this is where this is at right now for him is I think a lot of it is mentally, uh, at least from what I noticed. And maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But what I noticed today and I haven't seen it mentioned at all is it seems like the quarterback to center exchange hasn't been an issue. Is that right? Like he hasn't had the the quarter.
2: No, not in training camp in OTAs and mini camp. Um, it it was early on, uh, so far in training camp for none of the quarterbacks has really been a problem from what I've seen.
3: Well, which is, yeah. And that just kind of goes to show you, right? Like, Sometimes and this is kind of what we're talking about a few weeks ago, right? When when you're looking at Justin Fields, who cares how Andy Dalton looks? I mean, really, the good news is is at least from everything I've seen, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but Andy Daltons look pretty solid. For you know, it's it sounds like it sounds like the quarterback competition or not even competition. The quarterback situation is going better, a hell of a lot better than it was this time last year. Which thank God for that. Which oh my
2: God, man. Yeah. So
3: yeah. So you know, it's just one of those things, right? Where you just have to take the small things. you got to take the small victories because you start adding all those up. If he's not having issues getting in and out of the huddle, if he's not having issues uh, you know, with the quarterback center exchange, if he's able to go, and this is something that's been reported a lot, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, if he's able to go to guys after the play's over with, if a bad play happens and able to correct those guys, that is progress. That is what you want to see. He's going to make bad throws because that's just what happens in training camp and you're going to test those things out. But I think the next step in this progression and where Trubisky and a lot of young quarterbacks really stall out at is diagnosing what they see in real time in front of them when the play is going on with coverages. And I think that's going to be the next step. And I think, again, that's why it's so critical for them to have the offensive line situation figured out because you don't want him worried about who's coming as a pass rusher. And on top of that, what, you know, what the coverage is and where he needs to go with the ball and progressing through his reads. So I, again, I, this is completely normal. And again, really, it's not like he's had a bad camp. He hasn't had a bad camp at all. But I think it's easy to take the context, the minimal context of seeing, you know, these crazy throws from Trey Lance and the glowing reports there. And then you see a crazy throw from Trevor Lawrence every once in a while. And you see a crazy throw from, uh, you know, Zach Wilson. And then it's easy to compare those minute situations to the context of following the bears and seeing all the updates or going to the practices and, and, and comparing the two when in reality, all these quarterbacks are doing the same thing. That's really all I'm saying right now is this is just the progression. And as long as he doesn't start to stall or as long as he doesn't start to make the same mistakes over and over and over, or take a step back, then I think it's completely fine because that was kind of the issue that a lot of people, including myself overlooked with the Trubisky situation. And I'm not pointing to Trubisky as a whole. I'm just pointing to the situation that the bears had in in front of themselves a few years ago, because it's the easiest thing to point to. So, you know, as long as he's making progressions, as long as, as long as we're seeing those improvements and that's kind of the thing, I think once he starts to understand what he's seeing on the field, on a play to play basis, then all of a sudden those flash plays are going to come all of a sudden you're going to see it. And, that's another thing is deep ball accuracy, at least from what I've seen and you know what you guys have reported. It sounds like it's, it's been pretty good, even from Dalton. So that's great. I mean, it's just, well,
2: they put a focus on that too, in the off season.
3: Exactly. It's just, it's all a process at this point. So I I think really more than anything, and really the reason I'm bringing this up is because I've had a lot of Like I obviously I'm not there. So I retweet you, I retweet, retweet basically anybody who has anything, unbiased and substantial to say reporting on the training camp situation, I retweet because, you know, obviously you want people to see it. Um, And I've had a lot of people in my mentions kind of starting to freak out. And it's like, take a step back. You're seeing very minimal things. You're just seeing basically the highlights of, of camp from, from the other rookie quarterback situations. And then you're seeing everything from what's going on with the Bears situation. And it's just one of those situations that, you know, you don't feel like it's a, here we go again moment. It's not, it's just the natural progressions of what is going on. And until we get in the preseason and really start seeing the product on the field, even if they're not real, real games, they're still game situations. And until we start seeing that, it's like, just take a step back, enjoy the ride, enjoy the development, enjoy the excitement Again, I still think Fields is going to be really good, but, you know, going through a week's worth of camp and comparing it to, you know, small little things that are going on around the league just isn't the way to go, and I've seen way too much of that on Twitter over the last week.
2: Well, and to your point, you know, he's going to have his chance in live game reps, and going against his Bears defense is a really good test for him, although it's not full speed. That's a thing we kind of have to, you know, Keep an eye on because they just put on the pads today. And even then, I mean, they're still not going completely full speed. They're not going to be tackling. Once it gets into game situations, you're going to see those things that you were talking about in terms of taking it to the next step in play that's gonna be the first real test for justin fields um and that's gonna happen you know a week from saturday and i'll be curious to see how matt Nagy does split up the reps i'd imagine dalton gets by the first quarter maybe um eventually he'll get the the first half i don't know what the three preseason games i have no idea how they're gonna play it out but we're going to see Justin Fields in a a good amount um, of reps here in the preseason. And that's what you need to look for is, is those things. I mean, is he making the right reads? Can he read a defense when the defense makes checks? Is he going to be able to make the right check? It's going to be kind of a chess match um, between him and the defenses. And can he use his feet to keep plays alive? Can he make the throws, things like that? You're going to be kind of watching, um, when he does get live speed and goes up against a legit defense. So I'm with you, man. I don't think it's any time to panic. I, th- I think it's week one of training camp. He's doing what he needs to do right now to take those steps. I think when we went into camp, I just think fans got too excited and thought he was going to come out here and just blow the doors off and, and just be incredible and, and a Hall of Famer right off the bat. That was realistically never going to happen. That really never does happen, even for the best of them. So he's got to get that experience in. He's, he's got to make the right – Um, improvements as the days go on. And that first test will be the preseason because I think it'll it'll actually let him go up against a defense in full speed and see what he can do. Before we wrap things up though, Aaron, we, we definitely have to talk about Nick Foles because for whatever reason, the bears let him talk on Monday. They let all three quarterbacks talk. It was the first time we heard from Foles this off season and Whoa, boy, that was a press conference unlike any other. Fields laid it all on the line. I got to give it to a man. He was passionate, whether he was right or wrong. He was passionate. He was fired up. And, you know, it's a press conference, I definitely recommend everyone go back and listen to on the Bears' YouTube or, or their homepage or, or their Twitter account. But it was just, like, incredible listening to him say, like, you know how he's a better quarterback than when he was in the Super Bowl um, and laying it all out there, saying that he wants to go to a system that, that he knows. He doesn't want to go anywhere else except for a system he's familiar with or a coach he's familiar with. He even admitted that there were opportunities for him to be traded in the offseason, but it just never manifested because it just wasn't the right situation for him and his family. Personally, I don't think the Chicago Bears owe Nick Foles anything. They're paying him a lot of money. And personally, I don't think anyone's going to trade for Nick Foles. I think if the Colts wanted to make that move, they would have been on the phone already. I think he's going to be a Chicago Bear this year, and I think they're going to have to eat up some of that salary, and it's going to hurt. But I kind of want to get your thoughts on the press press conference that he held because being there, I have never heard anything like that, and it was just kind of astonishing listening to him kind of go off about everything um, in, in terms of being a number three quarterback and what his future holds. my
3: initial reaction was what the hell just happened? Because it's, you know, it, it started off with the ranting and the raving and, you know, it was like, I think it was Dan Weeder was like, he said, well, you know, what's new. And like right out of the gate, you could just tell like this, this is going to be an interesting one. Right. And this is coming off the tails of Aaron Rodgers just going on a rant, you know, for damn near a half hour and it's like so you know this all this stuff happens you know he he says what he says and then he gets up to leave and then we talked about this before and it's it's still funny to me all of a sudden clapping starts it's like what the first of all what the hell was that who the hell was that i don't think anybody knows at this point who the hell that was but it just you know it's there's so much to unpack out of it because you know, it started off and you could definitely tell that Nick Foles was perturbed at the fact that he's not the starting quarterback of the Bears. And okay, whatever, you know, it is what it is. But then, you know, he starts talking about how, like he pointed out that he's a better quarterback than he was when he won the Super Bowl with with the Eagles. And then, you know, he basically just, you know, is going on about Uh, How, you know, if he's going to get traded, then it's got to be to the right situation, which is insane because he doesn't have a no trade clause. But there has been multiple rumors flying around that Philly actually called and wanted him. And that basically he nixed whatever it was. I don't know if he told his agent, hell no. And his agent basically told Philly that's not going to happen. Whatever the the deal may be, that's been the rumors going around. And it's just, you know, there was a lot of subtle shots at Matt Nagy. In this offense, at least that's how I took it, you know, talking about putting it in the best position to succeed and how, you know, you know, you basically have to form the offense around him and so on and so forth. Well, you know what, Nick, the reality of it is, is you got a fantastic contract from the Jacksonville Jaguars. You didn't pan out. You got traded to the Bears because you said that was a great situation for you to be in. They guaranteed you $21 million out of the $24 million over three years. And you started a handful of games. You got hurt. You lost your job to a bad quarterback. And now you're the third string quarterback making $6.67 million this year and another $10.67 million next year. And all but $3 million of that is guaranteed and you are upset? Why? That that's that's really what it comes down to. What are you upset about? Like you, uh, outside of the t- you know the, the first year he had in Philly, and then you know he moved on. He almost retired. He got with Kansas City. Got back in the Andy Reid offense. Get you know goes it goes to Philly. Wins the Super Bowl. Saves basically saves the season the next year in two thousand eighteen. Beats the Bears in the playoffs. Almost beat the Saints in the playoffs. Rides off in the sunset, signing a four-year, eighty-million-dollar deal with the Jacksonville Jaguars, and has since been playing terrible football. So, what what is it that he thinks he deserves? What is it that he thinks he's been so wronged about? The fact of the matter is, really, the only times that he's been successful has been in Matt Nagy's, uh, you know, not, sorry, uh, Andy Reid offenses. But at the same time. It's one of those situations where you're 32 years old, you've had every shot, every opportunity in the world, you've made way more money than you frankly have you, than you've played better than or whatever whatever you want to say. I wouldn't say deserve because I think, you know, players deserve whatever they get, but the his level of play versus what he's made, I don't think match up whatsoever. So what what's the deal? What what's the problem here? You're the third quarterback you're going to take up a roster spot. You're going to take a valuable cap space from, you know, from the Bears. You're going to get even another four, some odd $4 million next year, regardless of what you do. And you basically just get to sit there and take third string snaps and not really have to worry about it. I, I don't understand what the problem is. Like, if you still think you can play good football, then go prove it. Don't nix a trade. Don't do any of that. If you think that you're a good quarterback, then it shouldn't be a situational thing. You should be able to transcend it, whatever scheme it is that you think that you can fit, you should be able to go in and step in anywhere and play. If you're the best that you've ever been, if you're better than the Super Bowl winning quarterback than you were in 2017, then go off and prove it. Don't nix a trade. Don't sit here and talk about that the fit needs to be right or whatever it is. If you think that you are good enough to still be playing football and starting at quarterback, then go prove it. Go prove it for one of the teams that wants you. Don't sit there and nix a trade, talk about the fit, but then be upset that you're the third string quarterback for the bears who are still paying you $21 million to basically start a handful of games through a three-year period. That's crazy
2: to me. Well, and to your Nagy point, this is not the first time Nick Foles has called out Matt Nagy or um, has said anything, you know, said stuff about Matt Nagy. Remember the whole um, Brian Greasy thing on what was it? Monday night football. I think it was against the Rams where, yeah, I think it was against the Rams where he came out and was pretty much saying that, you know, they're not on the same page. There's calls that he doesn't really agree with, stuff like that. This is crazy because he pretty much held a press conference and even said in his press conference, he said, my favorite coach of all time or one of my favorite coaches is Frank Reich and didn't even, not the coaching you're coaching you right now, not the guy that brought you to Chicago, that that vouched for you, that, that they, Bears gave up a draft pick and paid you a lot of money. No, he said Indianapolis is <laughs> just like, oh man, it is, it was something. And it was just, you know, when I, when listening to me mention the Nagy stuff, I just immediately went back to last year and I was like, this thing has not worked out from the start. I think there was probably some tension between the two, especially when. Nagy went with Mitch Trubisky um, as the starter, and Nagy kind of put all all of it into Mitch Trubisky despite having the short lease with Mitch Trubisky and replacing him in week three in the first half, going to Nick Foles. I feel like Nick Foles, there was a lot of attention. That was kind of a big FU in that situation. That press conference was something, man. I still am sitting here, and like I've replayed it twice now. I just... I can't get over it. And I don't know. I, I don't know what the resolution's gonna be. Like I said, I don't think he's gonna be traded. But man, that was Nick Foles on a mission to kind of piss a lot of people off, I think. Well, who would who would he go? Then that's kind of the thing. Who would well, he there's go no to? fit? I mean, there's no yeah, it, real good fits besides Indianapolis.
3: And it's been reported that Indianapolis isn't isn't interested. And that's kind of the other the the other part to this is that, you know, regardless of how you feel about Carson Wentz, the reality of it is is he was playing at an MVP level in 2017, goes down with a terrible knee injury against the Rams. Nick Foles comes in, looks like complete garbage in the regular season, then takes him on this crazy playoff run. They win the Super Bowl. He outplays Tom Brady. And then, you know, after that, Carson Wentz's career just completely fell off. And then Nick Foles takes a team in 2018 that was pretty much all but out of the playoff race, takes him back, gets him into the playoffs, and they beat the Bears. So, it's you know it's one of those situations where you have to look at it from Indianapolis standpoint where it's been reported quite a few times that Carson Wentz whether it's ego whether it's confidence whatever it may be a lack of confidence, I don't know but either way there's clearly some stuff there where he wanted out of Philly I would guess the last thing in the world that Carson Wentz wants right now as he's being you know as he's hurt and he's coming back from the the you know the foot surgery that he's having is for them to add Nick Foles onto the roster. I mean, this is really because I mean, let's be honest here. This is really Carson Wentz's last opportunity as a starting quarterback in this in this league, in my opinion. If it doesn't work out with Indy, it's not going to work out with anybody. So, you know, and then on top of that, Indy, I think they only have like eleven or twelve million in cap space. So you'd have to take on four million there, and I don't know that they're going to want to do that because I think a lot of teams are going to try to roll what they can over. Um, you know, there's just a lot of there's a lot of factors that it just doesn't really. It makes sense in terms of the fit, but it doesn't makes it doesn't make sense in terms of really anything else. And I mean, let's just be honest: who the hell wants to give up anything for Nick Foles right now and pay him four million dollars? It just doesn't. It's just one of those situations where it just doesn't make a ton of sense. And it's already been reported in multiple different outlets: like the, the Colts really don't have any interest in, Nick, interest in Nick Foles. I think the only reason, the only way that they would at this point, I would guess, is that if you know, if Wentz ends up missing significant time or if he comes back and he plays bad or he gets hurt again, which is not remotely out of the realm of possibility with how Wentz's career's gone. But yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, where where are the other ties? I mean, there, there are no other ties. And I think in a sense, it's kind of by design. Like it's easy to say, oh yeah, well, if I was in this, you know, if I was in this system, then I would be doing great right now. And you know i'd be better than the quarterback i was in 2017 but it's it's easy to say that when there's only one true fit you know that that the fit really isn't going to happen so i mean it just is what it is i think you're dead on i i, I don't think um i don't think that there's going to be a situation where he's going to be able to go to a team that's going to be able to, you know that's going to want to trade for him that's actually going to fit whatever he wants um, you know, because you, you look at a team like the Jets who could use a backup. There's a few other teams out there um, that could use a backup as well, you know, with some from veteran, you know, starting experience. But if Foles isn't willing to go to any of those and he's having his agent basically call these teams and nix deals, then it is what it is. He's going to make, you know, like I said, he's going to make basically $4 million this year. And I think Like I think it actually ends up being $6 million next year because he has a a $2 million roster bonus on top of the $4 million base salary. So he's going to pull in, you know, basically another $10 million essentially is what it's going to end up coming down to regardless if he gets cut or not. So, I mean, at this point in time, it just is what it is. Um, you know, this is why you don't rush out make a trade for a guy that you know, especially trading a, a you know a comp pick, a fourth round comp pick for a guy that you know his own team signed him in that big deal and they didn't even want. This is why you don't rush out and make moves like that. Now the Bears have to live with it. I mean, that's just really what it comes down to.
2: Yeah, it's just not a good situation, and it was just it was very eye opening what we'll to kind of monitor it moving forward. Um, but Aaron, that should wrap things up for us. Uh, you can tell everyone where you can follow you on Twitter at.
3: Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL and you can read my work on the bearreport.com.
2: And you can follow the bear report on Twitter at just bear report. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z a c k underscore Pearson. I'll be at the remaining practices. Um, so make sure to follow and um, and let me know your thoughts on everything. If you have any questions, shoot them over. I'll do my best to answer them. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode recapping the um coming days here of training camp and please rate review and subscribe on all major podcasting platforms we really appreciate your guys' support and until next time everyone please stay safe
1: this is the
0: story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping